1: A note of warning, this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast, bringing you high profile and under the radar cases from across the country every week. I'm Billy Jensen. This is Owen Michael. Hello. Today is September 19th, 2019. And our guest is journalist and true crime writer Shanna Hogan joining us from over the phone from beautiful Phoenix Arizona hello Shanna hi Shanna
2: hi. how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, here with my three-month-old baby uh, who is making his podcast debut, Xander. (laughs) Okay. And so uh, I apologize in advance if you hear a little baby noise in the background.
1: (laughs) Not at all. What's his name?
2: Xander. Xander. Xander.
1: Welcome, Xander. Welcome, Xander. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So your latest book was released in February, and I know that because we were uh, on three book panels together at the Tucson Book Fair. And it's called Secrets of a Marine's Wife, A True Story of Marriage, Obsession and Murder. And it's about a very captivating case about Aaron Corwin. And why don't you uh, uh, talk us through the case a little bit, because it was um, it was one of those cases that really stuck with a lot of people that remembered uh, hearing about it.
2: Yeah, Erin Corwin was a small-town girl from Tennessee who moved to um, 29 Palms, uh, California with her husband, who was a Marine, when he joined the Marines. And they were living on the Marine base when she uh, struck up an affair with her next-door neighbor, who was a little bit older, 26-year-old Marine, who was about to get out of the military. And he was married with a six-year-old daughter. And um, everyone in the apartment complex that they lived in found out about the affair, and it ended abruptly and then in August, she went missing from the Marine base. Uh, a long intense uh, search ensued, and six weeks later, she was found at the bottom of the mine shaft. Her husband was immediately uh, suspected, and as they investigated, it turned out that it was the guy she was having an affair with. His name was Chris Lee, and he had an affinity for guns and talked about wanting to kill people and... Um, he later testified on the stand that he did, in fact, do it, disposed of her body in the mine shaft, but tried to get off on a lesser charge. So he was convicted and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole.
3: He's a, he was a marine, and the husband was a marine. Is that right?
2: Yes, they lived right next door to each other on the Marine base.
1: Wow, on Twenty Nine Palms, which is out by uh, what Palm Springs, uh, out here yes. in Southern California. Yeah. And you've written um, books on Marjorie Orbin. Martin McNeil and Jody Arias.
2: Yes, the Jody Arias one is the most popular case and mm. became a New York Times bestseller. Um, but, you know, they're all interesting delving into these cases. As you know, um, you know, I feel like you can't really accurately write about a story and tell the entire story, except for the forum of a book, um, you know, with, with a crime case and cover the trial and cover all the twists and turns, the backgrounds of the characters. So I really love doing that, spending I mean, like a year on a case. And just really, you know, um, writing about everything that happened and all the characters that come into play.
1: And what are you working on right now?
2: Yeah, I um, I took on another book assignment from my publisher. Uh, it's a case in New Jersey about a man named Paul Canaro, who um, he had a business with his brother. He kind of, even though he was the other bro- older brother, he grew up in his younger brother's shadow. He, the younger brother Keith Canaro, was more successful. Um, started the business. And owned a better house, went to an Ivy League school, and brought his brother along as he grew uh, more successful in his business. And then um, Paul uh, started embezzling from the business. And um, one day, right before Thanksgiving of last year, uh, Keith was found dead outside of his burnt-out home. And inside, his entire family was found murdered. And shortly after that, there was a fire at Paul's house. And so what police later determined was that Paul um, killed his brother and his brother's entire family and set his own house on fire to make it look like they were were both being targeted by, like, the mafia or something. And um, he was quickly arrested, and he has yet to go on trial. So I'm going to follow that case when it goes on trial, and that will be the subject of my next book.
3: Shanna, you have a journalism background, right? Is that uh, that kind of what led you into true crime coverage?
2: Yes, I worked at newspapers, at a daily newspaper for several years, and then I went on to work for a monthly covering big stories and um, writing in long-form format and really enjoyed that and started writing about local cases. I wrote about Jodi Arias and Marjorie Orban and realized I wanted to turn those into books. And so from there, I kind of fell into writing true crime.
3: I'm not uh, too familiar with the Marjorie Orban story. I'm going to have to look that one up and uh, I'll check out your book on that one in particular.
1: Um, But uh, you're in the right place as far as uh, true crime coverage here. And we'd love to get your thoughts on the cases this week. And our cases this week include a Florida man is arrested after his missing wife's body is found in his van. And four kids are found dead in the nearby woods. A young Ohio woman gets probation for burying her dead newborn infant in her parents' backyard. A little boy is found sleeping on an upstate New York porch a mile away from a burned-out car believed to contain the bodies of his missing parents. But first, adopted parents are accused in a strange adoption case out of Indiana.
3: Yes, this, uh, this story is is kind of wild. Uh, it's got a lot of twists and turns. This is uh, concerns a story of a family in Indiana. So Michael Barnett and Christine Barnett... They are accused of adopting a child years ago and then uh, abandoning that child in Indiana and leaving her behind and moving to Canada. This uh, happened in 2013. They're also accused of officially changing this adopted girl's age from 8 years old to 11 years old to 22 years old within two years, between uh, 2010 and 2012. Uh, some unusual activity there. So the these two parents, it's uh, Michael Barnett and Christine Barnett, they're accused of uh, leaving this Child that they adopted in alone in an apartment in Lafayette, Indiana, which is just uh, outside of Indianapolis. It's northwest. It's uh, home to Purdue University. They left this adopted girl in this apartment, moved their three biological sons and themselves to Canada, and then they stopped paying Indiana rent, which sounds like a strange story to begin with. But there's more. Uh, this girl, who we're not identifying since we're we can't determine her age, and we don't have a photo of her. She had arrived in the United States from Ukraine in 2008 as part of an adoption program. She was adopted in November 2010 by the Barnetts. She has a form of dwarfism uh, called spondyloepiphyseal, if you will. Uh, it's a mouthful. It's basically scale, skeletal abnormalities. It makes her uh, appear... Uh, it's, tough to, it's tough to determine what her age would be. So... The parents report, NBC is reporting that uh, the parents, they're now divorced. They believe that they were scammed. They say that they believe that the girl was uh, between 18 and 22 years old when she was adopted. They were led to believe that they were adopting a child. However, a doctor's examination of this girl in 2010, uh, he estimated this girl to be about eight years old. Uh, Two years later in 2012, hospital examination of the girl's skeleton, they said that she was probably 11 years old. Uh, prosecutors say that the girl was about 12 or 13 when the family moved to Canada. This girl has now disappeared. Uh, can't find where she is. Um, the couple though, who's now divorced, they're charged with felony neglect of a dependent in Tippecanoe County. Uh, that's the Indiana location. Uh, both parents have since surrendered to authorities. Um, it's unclear how old this daughter is, uh, if the original assessment is correct, she's about uh, 17 or 18 now. Uh, she's dropped out of school. Sheriff's investors got into this case because apparently this girl had presented herself to other uh, another set of parents and told them that she was a child, which she, uh, oh. by all accounts, does not seem to be. So um, – there's all kinds of shadiness. This does remind me a little bit of a case. Billy, do you remember this one? Shani may as well. There was a guy in Pennsylvania who was also, uh, he was from uh, Eastern Bloc country. Um, he was 22 and he was posing as basically a 16-year-old yes, student. Yes. He was <laughs> in high school. That's uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. And uh, he eventually got busted and he went to jail and they tried to prosecute his parents. I haven't uh, looked that case up recently, uh-huh. but... Uh, Everybody in this case seems to sort of be unhappy. These parents feel like they got scammed. Yeah. Um, incidentally, they have three other kids. The first kid actually was studying in college. He's like a genius
1: physics yeah, prodigy. Yeah, he went, uh, 12 years old it, He went to Indiana University. Yeah, he was
3: studying at, tw- at 12 years old. They basically moved to Canada to go to a specific physics school for this kid. And that's why they decided to leave this daughter, this adopted daughter. Um, uh, it's just it's a it's a strange case I, am i leaving any details out no, here I think
2: that's, um yeah. the parents also accused uh the girl of being a sociopath and a psychopath
3: this is true you never want to hear that from your parents but uh <laughs> uh so it definitely seems like there's more details to this case that i would like to hear more about uh i'm sure that they feel like they are kind of on the hook for uh this scam here um it sounded like it was just a quick abandonment type story but there's all sorts of twists and turns here so um we will bring you more as soon as we know more about this case
1: yeah now we're going to go to buffalo new york a place called cheek And and uh, police call this a very very complicated case the black rock neighborhood a little boy three years old was found sleeping in a cardboard box left on a porch for cats to sleep in uh, about Monday morning at 8 a.m., he was only wearing a pull-up diaper. Later Monday, a mile away, a car was found in a secluded parking lot behind a storage unit business, and it has had been burnt out. And WIVB-TV reports say that the police said that the fire damage obliterated any possible evidence so far. The investigators think that the fire started around 3 a.m. the night before. The car was found about 6 p.m., so it burnt itself out. So that means it just... You know, when you got a fire that hot, it's just going to keep going. But human remains were found. The car was so badly burned, the make and model were not immediately identifiable, which means that's that's rough.
3: Yeah, I, I, did, I couldn't find a picture of this thing yeah. uh, just yet, but uh, you've seen car fires before. You can generally tell what kind of a oh, frame yeah. or, or yeah. something like that, but uh, when it's this bad. However, they, it was enough to, to find human remains yeah. inside.
1: Um, a woman who found the toddler who was identified as Nolvin repeatedly referenced a burning car, according Mm, to WIVB-TV. He said the car is on fire. That's all he kept saying, the car is on fire. This is so sad. His parents are missing, along with a third person, a Florida family friend who is traveling with them. The boy's grandmother says the three of them were in Buffalo to visit for a getaway. The missing parents are Nicole Merced, 24 years old, Miguel Valentine, 31 years old. And the boy's grandmother says she talked to them on Sunday. There's no official link between the boy in the car, nor the missing trio from Florida. Really, the, the, the big link is, uh, you know, the little boy, you know, sleeping in this box. Yeah, there's some, there's some coincidences here. That, uh, uh, yeah, and the parents' two other children are safe back in Florida. So, you know, we're going to keep you up to date on this story as it develops. But, I mean, imagine
3: this. imagine the scene. This is a mile away. So how did the kid, in wearing only a diaper... Make it from this, uh, this spot where uh, where the car was found. Did some you know? Did did somebody uh, was pick it him the, up? What's the thing? Was it the friend? Was it the parents? Yep. Uh, you know, did whoever. If there was a crime here, did they get? did they drop the kid off? Did the kid wander away? Um, I don't know. Shannon, what did you, what did you think when you uh, when you uh, encountered this story?
2: That was my thought, too. I just imagine this three-year-old, you know, wandering alone in a diaper, practically maybe a mile, you know, um, just how sad that detail of the story is and that it might be his parents. I
3: mean, it's difficult to think of a three-year-old, you know, thank goodness it's not the, the winter, but Mm -hmm. So in the summertime, you could see him, you know, braving the elements, but a mile is a pretty decent uh, distance. And then also the the kids, we have a photo up here, and of course, uh, we can describe this for our listeners. It's it's basically just a cardboard box with a kind of a towel at the base of it. Uh, Apparently, they were cat lovers and letting cats... Stay out there, and that's what this was intended for. So either somebody saw this and said that's a good spot to leave the kid, or the kid naturally found sort of um, a warm, yeah. soft place to, to, to live. We don't know much about the person's house, other than they seem to be completely unaffiliated with with uh, the family or anything else. Um, that's the biggest mystery to me: is how what happened? How did this kid get over there? Did somebody dropped him off. It really seems unlikely that a kid would mi- would have wandered a mile, especially if. You know any storage unit place that you've been by is usually in kind of a industrial area, yeah. industrial neighborhood. So it's not exactly you know walking by white picket fences and uh, and going through yards and mm-hmm. things like that.
2: I can't imagine the homeowners opening their front door and seeing a baby oh, in a box. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. And it's like you know the stork, the uh, stork visiting. Oh. Um,
2: yeah.
3: You know, and, and not to make light of it, uh, the they haven't confirmed any of the 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 identities of the people found in there, but it sounds like, uh, you know, the, the grandmother she's applying for to adopt the kid. It seems that, you know, they need to officialize all the details, but it seems that, uh, it's clear that this kid's parents are not with us anymore. Uh, I can't imagine they would leave and go on the run or whatever else, you know, you
1: could think of all, all sorts of possibilities, but, um, uh, Glad the kid's okay. Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. Well, now we've got a story out of Florida. Casey Jones, 32 years old, mother of four, is missing from Marion County, Florida. Uh, The Ocala Metro area of Florida, which is 80 miles northwest of Orlando. Michael Jones Jr., 38 years old, crashed a van Sunday night, September 15th, in Hickox, Georgia. Uh, It was a rural county north of the uh, Florida-Georgia line, 65 miles north of Jacksonville. CNN reports a neighbor ran over to help and said there was an overpowering smell coming from the van. Inside the van was Casey Jones's body. And on Monday, her four children, ages 10, 5, 2, and 1, were found dead and buried in the woods about 30 miles away. The older two children were from a previous marriage. Michael Jones, uh, uh, father of the youngest two, Jones led deputies to the location, and we're still waiting for the official confirmation of the identities. Just, again, uh, awful, awful, awful story. Yes, it's true. Um, When they pulled him over... He
3: basically self-implicated. He basically confessed. Uh, and he said, uh, you may want to put me in handcuffs. Go ahead and arrest me. My wife's body is in the back. That's according to uh, reports from the scene, including USA Today is reporting that CNN. Um, they think that Michael Jones killed his family as many as six weeks ago, it stored them in the house, uh, maybe moved their bodies to the van, then drove to Georgia to dispose of them. That's conjecture, but that's what the police are saying. The the Casey Jones's mother, the, the missing mom here, um, her mother hadn't heard from the family for a couple of weeks when one of the boys' birthdays happened. You know how everybody, you go on Facebook, you Put a big thing, especially for time. little kids. Sure, uh, Shannon, I'm not sure if that's your first or uh, yes. I don't have any, but uh, I imagine that I'd be pretty excited about uh, birthdays and big events like that. And it's perfectly what fam- uh, Facebook is for, and for the family and all the rest. When one of these, ooh, I think it was the ten year olds. I not uh, confirmed on that, but uh, when one of the boys' birthdays happened, there was no anything. Uh, there's no social presence. There's nothing going yeah. on. Uh, so that's when Grandma got really. Uh, scared and involved and called uh, for a welfare check. And the deputy went over there and found that the place had been uh, mm-hmm. looked like it had been abandoned for weeks and said that there was a, an overpowering smell yeah. of decomposition coming from the place. You which know, it's never a good indication.
1: There's a really th- this isn't obviously this is a horrific case, um, a family annihilator, as as they're called in the business. But mm-hmm. Michanna, what do you make of not burying the mother with the children?
2: Yeah, and um the fact that he also was able to drive around with that smell. Apparently, the first witness who came up to the car um said it was this overpowering smell too and like that it just uh, you know, a cloud of that that noxious odor formed around the car like right away and he was just driving around with that breathing that in for, you know, who knows how long. <laughs> You know, it makes you wonder, is he, you know, the type that had some sort of attachment to his wife's body? Did he want to do something else to her? You know, what was the deal? Why was he trying to keep her away from her children?
3: Yeah, just surely the sheer logistics of... This amount of, you know, that's that's unnatural. That the decomposition, that kind of smell. That's uh, it's it's a horrifying smell. The, the I've naked. never
2: smelled it, thankfully. But any, you know, enough crime writing. Everyone who's described to me what it smells like, you know, you don't want to smell it.
3: And it's yeah. unmistakable what it is. Apparently, uh, reportedly, yeah, me as well. But um, the. That's a great that's a great point, to Billy. Uh, whether he had some sort of sentimental attachment and yeah. was mad at the kids, something, or, or there's, some there's, kind of uh, mental imbalance, we did bad. have uh, a story a few, uh, basically two or three months ago, which wrapped up uh, a similar case where a guy who basically was mad at his wife, he kidnapped his five kids, he, he he killed them, and he drove around with their bodies for at least nine days through South Carolina in the mm-hmm. rural areas. He, fi- he eventually dumped their bodies in a kind of a rural fire road in a forest. Uh, and they had been, they, they basically were found in garbage bags and had been uh, disturbed by animals. So we'll leave it at that. But um, uh, it's a similar thing. This guy got the death penalty. Uh, this is Timothy Jones, Jr., which by the way, is not any relation to Michael Jones, Jr. It just happens to be uh, that common name Jones. Um, his wife during the penalty phase of the trial urged the judge, uh, not to give the death penalty, but, um, uh, he got it and he got the death penalty, but she sort of forgave him for that. But, uh, yeah. uh, obviously there's uh, some pathology here about, yeah. you know, just you know, making the kids pay or, or, you know, there's a whole entire psychiatric uh, oh. profile of, uh, of why and how, and, you know, some sort of dissociative break to be able to, uh, you know, how could anybody do that? But uh, we will, of course, uh, yes. on TrueCrimeDaily.com, give you more details we'll definitely we're following more, that uh, closely.
1: More on that. Now we've got a case uh, that was probably the biggest case in terms of a court case this past week. It was Brooke Richardson in Ohio. You might not remember the name Brooke Rick- Richardson, but you remember what they were calling her over and over and over again in the media, which was cheerleader. Uh, cheerleader buried a baby in the backyard. Her name was Brooke Schuyler Richardson. She was 20 years old. She was sentenced last week in Warren County, Ohio, just northeast of Cincinnati. She was found guilty of abuse of a corpse. She was found not guilty of aggravated murder, involuntary manslaughter, and child endangerment. And there has been a lot of talk uh, um, on the true crime message boards about this one.
3: It's true. Uh, Shanna, did you uh, did you read up on this one? Are you oh, yeah. With that I've been one?
2: following this case for a while. Uh, it does. Absolutely. It does
3: sort of have all the elements here. You've got the, the cheerleader. You've got a, a, a blonde white girl in, in Cincinnati. Uh, it's it's a media friendly. Uh, I shouldn't say friendly, but it's a media ready story. Uh, it's got all these elements. Basically. She is accused. This uh, Brooke Skylar Richardson. She was accused of giving birth in her bathroom in May 2017 at home, at her parents' house. Um, she then buried the child's body in the backyard. She claimed that the child was stillborn, mm-hmm. um, and there's some there's some dispute on that. the the The, the baby wasn't found for about two months after uh, she had been allegedly buried, um, and. She had insisted that uh, there was an, a, 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 basically a forensics examiner determined that the baby had uh, basically burn marks or had been burned at some point. Uh, Brooke Richardson, uh, she repeatedly, I, I read somewhere as many as 15 times, had repeat, uh, repeatedly denied that she had tried to burn the baby or cremate the baby during an interrogation with police, but then eventually admitted that she, yes, didn't, and she did try to burn the baby before, Burying the child, Uh, basically this came to light because a doctor had given her a pregnancy test. And when she returned uh, months later, she had lost a bunch of weight and uh, there was no baby, obviously. And she confessed to this doctor and said that the baby was stillborn and that she had uh, uh, buried it in the backyard. We have heard of other stories like this uh, across the country in, in, in history here.
2: Uh, What I found interesting, sorry, uh, what I found interesting about it is that uh, she, she only had that examination where she found out she was pregnant 11 days before she actually had the baby. And, and uh, she also went to prom at some point or some sort of dance and they show her a picture of her and she could pass for not pregnant Mm -hmm. as someone who just had a baby, you know, that was crazy to me, but, um, there are, you know, obviously women who don't know they're pregnant for the nine months. you see those shows all the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So, um, the timeline is kind of interesting here. And I think that might've gone into play of why the jury came back with the not guilty verdict. um, because she, you know, just found out she was pregnant and didn't tell anyone, but it wasn't a long period of time where she was hiding this. Yeah.
3: So the so the baby's dad said that uh, she had never told him that she was pregnant. Uh, apparently, they had been they would gotten together uh, two times. Maybe she had a new boyfriend. Uh, some of the details that were a little sideways that came out during the trial, though, CNN reports that uh, hours after she gave birth, she had texted her mom a picture of her at the gym. Basically, the next day saying, quotes, my belly is back. OMG, I'm never, ever, ever, ever letting it get like this again. So, uh, Shanna, I hadn't actually seen the photo that you're referencing, but uh, it's if it sounds like there's some presence of mind there mm-hmm. uh, after mm-hmm. this happened. Um, and here's what she told the judge by way of apology, which... Uh, I'm going to prejudice you uh, a little bit here and say that I found this a little bit insincere. But uh, mm-hmm. here's what she said. I just wanted to say how sorry I was. I can sometimes be selfish, but I would like to think that I've become better in the knowledge that I've upset everyone and hurt so many people with what I've done. Uh, you know, Kind of I, a
2: non-apology.
3: Yeah. And, you know, look, I was... I'm sorry a, if I upset you. I was a kid. I remember, you know, you don't. you don't get... Consequences of your actions. You're not good at uh, apologizing or making recompense and things like that. But uh, yes, that was very insincere. And there's the qualifier: if you were offended, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, um, I can sometimes be, I'll give it to you that I'm a little selfish, but uh, I just want to say how sorry I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, little gives like that. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to crucify her on that. Where you're you're in the heat of the moment talking to the judge, but uh, it was not particularly convincing. Um, so she. Basically served seven days in the lead up to the trial uh, two years ago. Uh, She was sentenced this Friday. She was given credit for time served for those seven days. She's basically given three years probation court supervision. Of course, if she violates any terms of the supervision, she could face up to a year in jail. Uh, She could also... Get a $2,500 fine, but she wasn't given a fine. Um, prosecutors did ask for six months in jail. She did not have a prior criminal record, but the judge, as we say, uh, gave her gave her probation. Um, so comparatively, I don't have a list of other cases that are similar, but this one does seem, uh, when you weigh it against other similar type of cases, seems like, in judging by our comments and, and message boards and things like that, Maybe there was a little uh, light in the sentencing here. A little
1: leniency, as they
3: call that. Uh, It's, you know, it's our speculative opinion and Mm -hmm. all the rest. But, uh, you know, you can you can look up the story and see for yourself.
1: Yeah. So, Owen, you were talking about comments. I wasn't. You know, we get a lot of comments. I I have read some of those comments. Yes, we do. Channel, you should check them out on Facebook. Why on Facebook, Bill? Because we have the largest Facebook true crime uh, page in the world. I shouldn't nice. really say that because I'm not quite sure if there is one. I, you know, I'm, it's probably not one in China because I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about stuff. So um,
2: <laughs> I but, don't know if
1: true crime, the genre, yeah. has uh, has quite gotten over there yet.
3: But yeah, uh, I don't uh, think uh,
2: so. Commenters,
1: <laughs> please weigh in and let us know if we're uh, lacking there. And the one of the things that China doesn't have, China doesn't have Florida. Mm. And <laughs> our first Go story off. comes from Florida. The headline: Florida couple allegedly caught having sex in patrol car after DUI arrest. (laughs) Uh, While I was outside of my patrol vehicle, Megan and Aaron took their clothes off and started to have sex. The report reads, when I opened up the door to stop them, Aaron was naked and Megan had her pants down. And these were our comments. Darren D. said, wait, what? While handcuffed in the back seat, these two need to be in the circus. A little contortionism there. Yes. Vivian B said all I can think of is Lysol. Although
3: if you've ever been in the back of a patrol car, I'm sure you haven't. Uh, I I I could probably <laughs> think of a few people that have. Um it's not uh it's not the most sanitary place, no. but uh,
1: you know, Lysol. You don't necessarily to want to use Lysol though because I think it might dry up the leather. I'm just going to say that right mm. now if it mm-hmm. is leather. <laughs> and um Rose E said they check that off the bucket list, I guess. So That is uh <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be famous, even if it's just online famous, that's yeah. I could think of worse ways to uh, to to achieve some notoriety. There. Yes, um, Shanna, watch out. So, Florida, uh, Arizona can be
1: uh, suspiciously similar sometimes to Florida. Just drier. From that one, yeah. we get uh, get a little bit darker. Milwaukee man gets two and a half years probation for a hidden camera in women's restroom. He was accused of installing a hidden camera inside a women's restroom at a car dealership. Mm-hmm. A detective. "Quote: observed dozens of video clips of individuals. The device also included a clip that shows him placing the portable device in the women's bathroom p- paper towel dispenser. There's always that. There's always like it's like they turn it on first, yeah, and then they see they and then they look at it." Mm-hmm. And so is this working? And you see their faces right there.
3: It's always uh, uh, an unpleasant, in my experience, I don't like going to car dealerships, whether used or new. Uh, it's never, it's my particular thing. I don't no. particularly like that. But then on top of that, you know, you, uh, the, yes. I got to go get the manager so we can run these numbers here. Why don't you go in the
1: bathroom, wash up, and, yep. uh, you know. And you know speaking speaking of leniency, a lot of people were upset at this leniency. Naleli C. said, wow, shows how little they care for women's rights. Just probation for spying on women in the privacy of a restroom? Just wow. Sean H. agreed and said he should have gotten 10 years in prison. And Sally P. said, How come men never get punished for doing something sexual? We need more women as judges. I think that's mm. debatable. But, um, I mean, not the ju- I,
3: I could definitely see we need more female judges. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm not entirely sold on whether uh, men don't ever get punished for something sexual. Right. I think that's, uh,
1: you know... We're, Well, we also have a guy that is in the Supreme Court. So, Mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Please direct your (laughs) comments uh, to my left. Uh, Uh, And the last one is uh, two Amish men flee from deputies after being spotted drinking while driving a buggy. Yes. (laughs) According to this report, he saw two Amish men drinking inside the buggy and on top of the vehicle was a 12-pack of beer. He also spotted something unusual for an Amish buggy. A stereo system with large speakers. I mean, this thing is tricked out. And that's an old stereo system, too. Yeah, that's like a like. hand-milled yep. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Really
3: cool. It's the kind of that you get out of the out of the van mm-hmm. when they pull up in the parking lot. Hey, man, I, I got these uh, speakers in the van. I'm, i am got some overhead. The boss is going to—it's it's that kind of yeah. uh, uh, old-school
1: speaker. So Lynette W. said, this is common practice where I live. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a good old-time party like the Amish, a few of them even have those <laughs> fancy undercarriage lights. Mm-hmm. Darlene C said, "Just how desperate are police these days? Now, if the horse was boozing it up, I'd understand. <laughs> LOL." And the uh, the the last one here, which I will read, is from Chris K. You know, horses are a lot more responsible than cars, and some buggy owners. The cop uh, that they interviewed uh, for
3: this, and uh, I believe this was uh, WJW and TV in uh, in in Cleveland. Said that basically Amish horses or horses kept by the Amish they know where they're going. the The horse basically took off running and went home. Mm. So they haven't caught the uh, perpetrators here, but they do basically know where this mm-hmm. uh, buggy comes from because you know horses. Uh, it's like a dog; they, mm-hmm. they know where to go.
1: So right. uh, it's only a matter of time before we get to the bottom of these Amish criminals. By the way, also, criminals. I found it interesting that uh, the twelve pack that they had was Michelob Ultra. Mm. Trying to keep the carbs down. Well, (laughs) very...
2: Are uh, Amish even allowed to drink?
1: Well, so there's this thing called, uh, there's
3: this thing called Rum And I I've think uh, our our commenters may want to weigh in on this one as well. There's a, there's a great documentary out there mm-hmm. called uh, the devil's something or other. But
1: if you're in Rum you're supposed to be getting it all out of your system. Right. You go for Michelob Ultra. <laughs> oh, and you're a beer guy. <laughs> I consider myself somewhat of a beer guy. You don't want to go with Unless, that. Life's too you short. You know, like in high school, I was, uh, you know, I
3: took whatever I could get. So if you, if, you, if you're stealing, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like stealing. Natural Light or, uh, or or Hams or something like that or, or Keystone or there, whatever in, it is.
1: Yeah. They're in Ohio, right near Pennsylvania. I'm sure they have Yingling, which is the best cheap beer out there, uh, by you the know, way. I'll leave that debate uh,
3: neither here nor there. But uh, I agree. I mean, for our listeners, the this thing is pretty tricked out. Uh, I kind of want to ride around in one of these. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like to live someplace where uh, I could get around by All horse right. and buggy. And uh, I'd probably be... Uh, Uh, hanging around with these fellows Well, that says uh, more about me than it does anything else it certainly
1: does (laughs) so thank you Shanna Hogan for being with us this week we're glad to have you anytime again the name of the book is Secrets of a Marine's Wife a true story of marriage, obsession and murder thanks for having
2: me you guys
1: are hilarious yes and we'll have have a a link to buy the book in the credits uh, where people can find out more about you That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Find us every week on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Leave us comments. And you can call us at 888-548-9758. And we might run you and what you tell us on the air in the future. So until next week. Don't do crimes.